But uh, today's question is this. Is Jesus is risen, right? He is risen. Now what? Now what do we do? What do we do now? Do we just like put that sign in our yard once a year and celebrate Easter? Or do we say, what does that have to do concerning me? And last week we talked about salvation. Amen? We talked about the, the act of being born again. And you know, we do we, we, we do. we have Christianese words and we need to make sure that we don't just assume that people know what we're talking about. But here's, here's the deal. The Bible says that, that we, were, we were dead in our sins, okay? In other words, you weren't alive. You were dead in your sins. Now, physically, we're alive, right? We've been born once into the flesh, into the world. But, but spiritually, until you come to know Jesus, you are dead in your sins. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Amen? It says the wages of, of, uh, of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So here's, here's what happens when you become a Christian. You are born again in the sense of this, is that your spirit comes alive. Your spirit is regenerated. In other words, it is brought into life, and you are now saved. You are now born again. If you die, you're going to heaven. Uh, your sins are forgiven. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at being born again, it says you're, for, you're, you're, you're forgiven all your sin. Amen? Y'all need to be more excited about this because today we are here to acknowledge the work of God in our lives. And, and so we're forgiven all of our sin. We're pronounced not guilty. So when you go to heaven, there's going to be guilty and unguilty. And those that have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ are not guilty. Everybody raise your hand. Well, I don't know. I won't say everybody. But if you have been born again, you can raise your hand and declare, I am not guilty. And it's not because of your goodness and your righteousness and, and your, your brownie points and all that you've done, but for by grace we have been saved through faith. Amen? It is the work of Jesus that we have accepted by faith and repenting of our sinfulness that he needs to shed his blood for. But we're forgiven. We're not guilty any longer. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ. We are given a new heart to serve God. Uh, we are given now the, the Holy Spirit. We're given the Holy Spirit to reside in us. And He is a seal that we are His. Uh, we are baptized by, you've got to get this stuff straight, okay? The by and the ends and the ofs and all those things, okay? And we'll talk about it here in a minute. But we are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. So we're baptized into who? Jesus. But also we're baptized into what? His body, the church. And when you go look at the word baptism, okay, we're going to talk about this. There's more than one baptism. Talked about this last week, all right? And, and when you are baptized, the word baptizo in the Greek means to be immersed. Immersed. Now, how many of you just want a little sprinkling of Jesus? How many of you want a little bit of Jesus? Or how many of you want all of Jesus? You know, it is important that we are, when we are baptized into the body, that we are totally immersed into Christ. And we see this, the, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, you know, there's some, I don't want to get there yet, but anyway, in the Old Testament we see so many pictures. How many of you know that the Old Testament was to show us what was coming? It was to be a shadow and a type. Uh, we know that Joseph was a type of Christ. We know that Moses was a type of Christ. He came as a deliverer to the people of God to free them from the captivity. But not only to free them, but to usher them into the plan and the will and the destiny of God. 
And so that, so that is what mean, being born again means. We look at Jesus. Now, did Jesus have to get saved? No. But see, here's the deal. When Jesus was born in the flesh, he was also born in the spirit because uh, Mary was a virgin. This was a, this was a spiritual thing. So but we, when we get born again, we have already been born in the flesh, but when, when the Holy Spirit comes in our life, we come alive in the spirit. Well, Jesus kind of came prepackaged that way, all right? He knew no sin, the Bible says. But he was tempted in every way that we have experienced and we can imagine. He knows what we've gone through. See, God, God wants you to know that he knows what you go through. He knows what you've endured. He knows the, the trials and the things that you face in this world. And he sent his son to die to pay for those failures, to pay for that sin in our life. But even Jesus, being born perfect, being born uh, without sin, he still does something. He comes to John the Baptist, and what happens when he comes and sees John the Baptist? What did he do? He gets baptized, right? And then it says he came up out of the water. Now, how do you come up out of the water unless you've been under the water? Totally, right? Immersed. That's what the word means, right? So let's, let's call it what it is. Let's be not confused. But Jesus, it says he came out of the water, God the Father said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And it said, the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And so Jesus, who was perfect, who still got baptized and still was filled. And what happened, what happened when the Spirit fell upon him, when he was baptized by the Holy Spirit? He began his ministry. And what do we know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It is to empower us for what? Is it, is it, is it for so we can do card tricks and make magic shows? No. It is so that we can be empowered to build God's kingdom, to build his church, to, to witness, have the power to witness. Jesus, the, the, the Spirit descends upon him. The, the Spirit was in him when he was born. But now it descends upon him. And he begins his ministry. And so today, I wanna, I'm gonna kinda, we're going to kind of hit on all the three baptisms, but I, I, there's three baptisms is what I want to tell you. Now, there's made mention of the bab, baptism in the Bible about seven times. It talks about the people of Israel being baptized through the parting of the Red Sea into Moses. Uh, it talks about Noah, you know, as he goes through the ark and the flood happens. That was a type of baptism. And, and what, it mean, what it is is this, is that when Moses went through that flood... It totally separated him and cut him off from everything that was previous to that. I mean, when the waters came and he came out of the other end of the flood, there was nobody but him. I mean, it was a two, it was a it was a brand new world. The old one was was cut off from him. It wasn't even accessible anymore. And so today I want to go back to Acts 2, 38 through 39, and quote what Peter says. Now remember the question here is what must we do? And then last week, we examined the, the, the question, what must we do to be saved? Believe, repent, and believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. But today, I want to talk about water baptism, but I want to go back to Acts 2, 38-39. And it says, And Jesus said to them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of typos in the Bible. Because Jesus says, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you do not see that being done anywhere in, in, from Acts on. They all baptized how? 
in the name of Jesus. And we'll talk about that in a moment. It says, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are, where? Afar off. Does that mean the people in China? Because they were in, you know, Jerusalem. So maybe he was talking about, you know, bordering countries and people afar off. No, he says, everyone to whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So this, this, this experience of, of the Holy Spirit is a promise for who? Everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. In other words, everyone whom becomes a child of God, becomes born again, becomes regenerated through the Holy Spirit. Everyone who becomes his kid. You know, what we have to so focus on, you know, we sing these songs about Jesus and who he is, and what we have to remember is who we are in Christ. Don't ever forget who Jesus is. Don't ever forget what he's done in your life. Because there's going to be times when, you, when you're, going to feel, you're going to feel empty. There's going to be times when you're struggling. And Satan is just like he was tempting Jesus. He's going to be asking you questions. Is, does God love you? And, you know, is Jesus' blood enough to cover your sins? And, you know, these are the questions sometimes we find ourselves fighting with. But what you do is you open the Word. You begin to recite the Scriptures just like Jesus said. And said, I am no longer an alien, but I am a citizen. I am no longer... Lost, I am now saved. I am a child. I'm no longer an orphan. I am a child of the king. You hear me? We have to, we have to know these things. We have to believe these things. We have to accept. You know, we believe them. We've got to believe them so much that we accept them and we accept nothing else because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by him. But if you have Jesus, you can come to the Father. You have a relationship with the Father. But we see here in, in this passage, we see repent, we see be baptized in the name of Jesus, and then we see receive the Holy Spirit. So there are three baptisms that complete the work that God wants to do in our life. Now listen, I don't want nobody to be confused. I believe this. The need for salvation and going to heaven is this. You must be born again, regenerated, baptized into the body by the Holy Spirit. That's the first work that God wants to do in your life. I do not believe that that to be a Christian, to be fully saved, to go to heaven, that you have to be, you know, uh, regenerated, baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And I'm going to show you some evidences of this. Do you think the Bible would call somebody that's not a believer a believer when the disciples wrote? You think the disciples would know what they're talking about? And if they didn't make that error, do you think they would do it every time or multiple times? No. And so today I want to show you that God wants to do something in our lives, not just regenerate us, but he wants us to be water baptized, and he wants us to be filled with his spirit. And these all three are separate baptisms, and it is the full work that God wants to do in our life. You know, the thief on the cross, he looked at Jesus. Did the thief on the cross believe in Jesus? Did he have faith in the work of Jesus? Yes. And, and Jesus looked at him and said, I will see you today in the kingdom of heaven. Now, did the, did the thief have a life to live as a Christian? He was done. Do you think it was important that he be empowered to go spread the gospel? No. He, he had a very short time to exist. His next step was death. His next step was, you know, will I open my eyes in heaven or will I open my eyes in hell? You know, which, which one is it there? And because of his faith, Jesus said, you, I will be with you in the kingdom of heaven this very day. 
Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I want you to see some things here. In each of these baptisms, there is a baptizer who is doing the baptism, and then there is the, the person receiving the baptism. All right? So there's somebody that is performing the baptism, and there is somebody who is being baptized. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we see this. It says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into what? One body. Jew or Greek, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the spirit. Now, it's very agreeable amongst pretty much all denominations that believe in salvation that we are baptized into the body of Christ when we get saved, when we are born again. But who does the baptism here? The Spirit. And who are we baptized into? The body of Christ. Okay? So the Spirit is the baptizer, and the body of Christ is the element into which we are being baptized. This is when we are born again. This is when we are generated. In Acts 8, 12 through 17... I want to give you some examples of each of these. It says, But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So what did they do? They believed. And then what did they do? Then they were baptized in water. Okay? Now, who baptizes in water? Men, right? A pastor, maybe a, a, a believer. It, it is... It is, it is uh, I think the only requirement here is that a believer baptizes you. And so we see that man baptizes man. Into what? What is the element here? Water, right? And remember, we're talking about complete immersion here. That's why we believe when you baptize, you believe in complete immersion. You go all the way under, right? You get wet from, you, from the tips of your head to the tips of your toes. But I want you to see something here. He says, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word. So these people received the word. They'd been baptized. They were believers. In another part of Acts, you see Paul walking up saying, Have you received since you believed? So they, so they hear that these people receive the gospel, that they've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they say, we need to go to them now and lay hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, uh, Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, some people, when they read that scripture, it says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. They see that as one thing that happens simultaneously. But we see here that people who believed and were baptized, at a later time came the, disciples, the, the apostles and laid their hands on them and prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16 says, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, who's the baptizer now? Jesus. What are you being baptized into? The Holy Spirit. You see? 
You see, when we are regenerated, when we are born again, it says that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. But when we are filled with the Spirit, now, don't be confused. The Holy Spirit is involved in your born-again experience. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus. Jesus was conceived by the Spirit. The Spirit was within him. But he still, in later life, when he began his ministry, was filled and anointed with the Holy Spirit to do so we're talking about an internal and also, also an external work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life fully. But we see here that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We see a flip-flop there. And so we see these three things here that God wants to do in our life. And the Bible talks about the witness of the blood, the water, and the Spirit, and that they are all one. But we also, when you look, when you look at Israel... Let's look at Israel for an example in the Old Testament. Well, of course, we're talking about Exodus right now. We're talking about the plagues. But what do we all know is the final plague in, in Exodus? The Passover, right? And what was the deal in the Passover? God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to kill every firstborn male unless there's blood on your doorpost. Unless there's door, I mean, unless there's blood on your doorpost. Now, I want you to understand, you know, I always just assume that they just took a, a paintbrush and they just kind of, you know, slapped it across the door. But, but when you actually see how they did it, they put blood here, and then they went over to here, and then they went to the top. And what does that make when it drips down? It makes a cross. You see, they were, they were saved by the blood and the lamb in the form of a cross. How are we saved? By the blood of the Lamb. Not like, not a Lamb, but the Lamb and the death upon the cross. Do you see that? You see the foreshadow there? And so they were saved. The blood covered them. It, it saved their lives. And, then they, and, then, and so then Pharaoh sets them free and they're going uh, to the promised land and they come to a body of water and they find themselves stuck there and they're like, what do we do now? And we know the story. Moses takes the staff by the instruction of God. He parts the water. And, and the Bible says that, that they were baptized that day into Moses, who was the person that was a, a picture of Jesus to them, that came to deliver them from Egypt. And when they walked through that water, what happened? Well, not only did the people that pursued them get killed, not only did it destroy the army, but here's the deal. They began a new life. They began, I mean, that was, a, that was a period in time. And first of all, they're at that water. They're hopeless. They're helpless. They need God to do something. So they go through the water, and all of a sudden that water falls behind them, and it's like, you know what? Now you can't go back to where you came from. You can't go back. You have been cut off from your past. How many of you know that Jesus wants to cut us off from our past? That he wants us to go on. He wants us to, to progress. He wants us to grow in his likeness. We also we see the priest in the tabernacle. When they performed uh, the, the, the worship services, they, they would have to go and they would have to uh, make a sacrifice, apply the blood on themselves, which shows the blood, they had to go and wash in the laver, which represents water baptism. And then they had to anoint themselves with oil, which represents the Holy Spirit. And also going back to, to Israel, after they went through the water, it says then they were baptized into the cloud, which represents the Holy Spirit. So you see these three things showing themselves in the Old Testament. And Peter's saying, hey, God wants to do this full work. This is the full gospel. This is what 
God wants to do in your life. He wants to regenerate you, make you born again. He wants you to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But all through Acts, once again, you see people being saved initially, because you can't, baptism means nothing if you're lost. Uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit ain't going to happen if you're lost. But you see people being saved, and you see, you see the Gentiles throwing it out of order. The Gentiles get saved, and, and one of them immediately got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they said, well, we might as well water baptism, you know, do water baptism with them, since they're doing, even though they're doing it out of order. But the thing is, is these are three experiences that mean something and that we need to acknowledge in our life. But baptism, once again, means to immerse completely. Now, water baptism is overemphasized when it's considered necessary for regeneration. That's where we stand in this church. We believe that regeneration is a complete work of the Holy Spirit that is received by faith in the grace of the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, it, it, is, a, it, is, it is Jesus or it's nothing. It's, it's, it's a free work of grace. But also, baptism is underemphasized when it is made purely, purely a symbolic act that just joins me to the church. Here's the deal. You know how you become a church member? You get baptized into the body by the Holy Spirit when you get born again. That's why when you become a Christian, you automatically are a part of the church. You're a member of the church. You are, listen to this, immersed in the church. That's how important church is. This is your new family. You see, we all are a part of the universal body of Christ. In other words, we're a part of the same family that people that profess Christ, you know, in the Old Testament 2,000 years ago. We're a part of that same family, but we are called to join locally in a local church to do what Jesus has called us to do, to come together and walk in unity. But baptism is underemphasized when it is made purely a symbolic act. I find it hard to believe that God doesn't, God, I don't, God pretty much doesn't do anything for no reason or for no purpose. He's always got something that he wants to do behind the scenes. Also, we believe baptism is total immersion. We also believe that baptism is in the name of Jesus. We see here, I don't think Peter made a mistake here. He says, be, you know, he says, repent, be baptized. How? In the name of Jesus. You read all through Acts, it says, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And they baptized them in the name of Jesus. First off, here's the deal. If you think there's only one baptism, then you would have problems not baptizing, you know, not baptizing outside of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when you see there's multiple baptisms, I've, I mean, this is, Ole Griffin taught us this, Robert Morris taught us this, Gary Stewart, I talked to him. When Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he wasn't giving them a formula on the, what you say when you baptize people. He's saying, baptize them in everything that the Trinity has to offer. Because remember, we're, we're Trinitarian. We believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are one. But you know what? I believe we overcomplicate things because we do. I mean, I, I, was, I was reading it last night, really, really trying to articulate this. But here's the simple deal. When you looked at what they did in Acts, which is the history of the church, this is what they did. People were born again, and they water baptized them, and then they laid their hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How are you going to argue with that? What more, what more evidence do you need? The evidence is there is that this is what the people did. 
Now, there's all kinds of, of division and discussions and arguments over, you know, uh, do all three of them need to happen to go to heaven? But here's the deal. I, I believe that the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus and through regeneration. But here's the thing. Does God not want to, does Jesus not command us to be baptized? Did Jesus be, was Jesus baptized? Do you, do you think that a believer should consider obeying Jesus? And we're commanded to do it. So, do you think the fruit of someone who has accepted Jesus would be obedience to Christ? Yeah, I mean, why do we, I mean, I don't even understand why somebody wouldn't want to be baptized. It's all through the Bible. The, the, all the disciples were baptized. The disciples baptized people. It was something that they did. But also, and some people just jump and skip over Acts completely. Because they don't want to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But it is clear as a bell that through Acts that they were going. And sometimes people would get saved, they'd get filled with the Spirit. Sometimes they got filled with the Spirit before they got baptized. Sometimes it was later on. Paul walks up once again in Ephesus and says, Have you received since you believe? And they said, We haven't even heard of this Holy Spirit. And these were believers who had been baptized. You see? That's where we are for the most part in the world today. Have you received since you believed? And we know that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit's going to come to empower you to be my witnesses. Why would we not want to be empowered? Because Satan knows how important it is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's done all he could to confuse and create illusion about what it is means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you this. The Holy Spirit will empower you. The Holy Spirit will be able to use you. The Holy Spirit will be able to work with you. And you know, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's an ongoing desire that we should have. God, fill me with your Spirit. Empower me. Equip me. You know, this week, uh, I didn't get to go yesterday, thank God, apparently, because after the story afterwards, but there was a bunch of old snipers that were supposed to have gotten together yesterday. Some were army, some were marines, you know, and the marines we had to be, you know, and here's the deal. They, they went out to shoot, and, and only one guy, they, they shot up to 850 yards down the road right here, and only one guy was able to hit four targets out of six. Every other one of them, like five or six guys, missed every target. I told my buddy, I said, man, you're going to force these young guys into midlife crisis. I mean, here's the deal. These guys, whether Army or Marine Corps, have graduated sniper school. Are they snipers? You can go look on their record book. It'll say they're snipers. But here's the deal. Right now, all but one can't hit nothing at a long distance. Now, the problem is, is you guys have been formed to believe by movies that a sniper, you know, has laser eyes and can automatically look. No. The thing is, is when I was in the Marine Corps, I had a $10,000 rifle. I had a $2,000, you know, laser scope that would tell me the range. I had the tools and the equipment to do what I was supposed to do. And without the Holy Spirit, you can be born again, regenerated, saved, destined for heaven, but without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're like a sniper without a sniper rifle. You're like a sniper. You've got the title. You're in. You're in the club. You can get the tattoos, the brands. You can put the stickers on your truck. But if you don't have the equipment, you're not going to hit what's what you're going to shoot at. You're going to miss. 
And we need to quit relying on ourselves. You know, here, I need you more than yesterday. I need, I need Jesus today, tomorrow, the next day. I need the Holy Spirit. I need God the Father. I need the whole Trinity working in my life. Amen? Amen? That's why we need to continually seek the Holy Spirit to... You know, here's the deal. God, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is at his right hand. And the Holy Spirit's down here hang, looking for somebody to hang out with. He's like, I ain't looking for people that will accept him and allow him to work in their lives. That was pretty on point, wasn't it? But what is accomplished in baptism? There is the symbolism of what happens when we become born again. You know, some people say, you know, it is symbology. It shows to the world. You know, there are countries where you can get saved, but you're fine. You can, your family won't kick you out of the house. Everything's good to go. But the moment you get baptized, oh, mm-mm. we ain't friends anymore. You're out of my house. You just lost your inheritance. And let me tell you something. When you are ready to sell your soul to Jesus, when you are ready to repent and believe, you don't matter what the cost is. You want Jesus. Amen? He told the rich man, he says, what must I do? He says, give everything away that you've gotten. Let me tell you something. If you haven't given away all that you've gotten in your heart, then you need to reconsider the decision you've made to follow Christ. Jesus says, you are to love me more than your own mother and father. The call is very sacrificial. And the thing is, he says, you better count the cost before you make a building. And that's stressful. Me and Dad have been counting costs for, for roads and ditches and sewers and all these other things. And it's really crazy when you don't even know what cost you're supposed to be counting. But Jesus makes it plain in scriptures. Take up your cross and follow me. But I want to give you a new life. I want to put my Holy Spirit on you. Not just in you, but on you so that you can do what I've called you to do and be empowered. But we are identified, we are identified with Jesus when we get baptized. We say, today I take upon the name, I take, it's like a marriage. It's like today I take on the name of Christ. I'm identified with him. You know what I mean? I, I love, we, we, me and dad like to watch Vikings. And man, when the, when everyone now and then they'll get they'll get they'll get baptized and the other Vikings get all mad and stuff like oh how do you defy our gods because baptism is a point of closure baptism is is will meet see to me it's a circumcision of the flesh it's a cutting off it's a moving on it's a new day it's a new life but we are identified with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ Amen. We are new creations. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Jesus doesn't just want to get you into the kingdom of heaven. He wants to get the kingdom of heaven inside of you so that you can rise up from your dead self and be alive in Christ. Amen? Be free from sin. Live the life victoriously. And you know what? We're not free from the fight, but we are free to fight against the evil forces of this world that we live. So don't think there ain't a fight. No, there's a fight, but now... You are free. You're not trying to fight with chains around your legs and shackles. Now you are thoroughly equipped. You are new. You're a new creation. You are a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 3 through 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, in other words, born again, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. So the question is, is, 
Have you buried your old self? That's what baptism is. You know, when we get saved, we die. Our old, man, our, our old spirit dies, we become alive. But what do we do with that old spirit? We need to put him in the ground. We need to make a declaration in faith. This is who I am in Christ. This is what's happening to me. You need to bury your, your old spirit. You need to bury the old man. You need to put him in the ground. And that's what that, that baptism, when we go in the water and come up, it, it shows the new life that Jesus has given to us. We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection like this. And then in Colossians it says, In him also you were circumcised. Now how many of you know the Old Testament? They had to do circumcision. Baptism is way better. Of course, we're still doing it, but thank God for steroids and sharp knives and all those other things. You know, Abraham, I mean, could you imagine? You don't have scalpels. You don't have K-bars. You don't have Lansky knife sharpeners. You don't have bench-made knives. God says, this is what I want to do. I want to make a covenant with you. And in this covenant, I want you to cut the foreskin off your, your young boy's with a rock. And I'm like, dude, rocks are made for making fires, beating them together. I'm like, I don't, not cutting stuff. Now, granted, they could take rocks back then and make them pretty dang sharp. Uh, somebody, uh, I think my mother-in-law gave Cammie a really beautiful stone, but I'm like, uh, don't cut your head off of that thing because it's sharp. It's like a glass-type stone. But still, that is like such a crude way to sign the paper, you know what I mean? But he says here in Colossians 2, 11 through 12, In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith. So what's still operating here? Faith. Faith. In the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And so, you know, when we are born again, we are regenerated. Our spirit comes alive. We are saved. We are his kids. But I believe this. Baptism is, is the, the picture of what has happened. But I also believe that there is a work going on in the faith that we receive when we are baptized that we are saying, hey, today I am starting a new day. Today my, I am cut off from my past. Today I believe when you get baptized, I believe that there is a circumcision of your flesh. How many of you know you still got flesh since you've been saved? Oh, it's a hard-headed flesh. But I believe... That when you get baptized, I believe there is a, a grace imparted to you to put that flesh in the ground and put him down dead. Amen? I believe there's an empowering there that happens in baptism. But you know what? Here's the deal. Jesus said, be baptized. The disciples baptized. They baptized in the name of Jesus. And it is something that we should gladly and faithfully, wholly say, I want to do this to represent the kingdom that I am now a part of and that I now serve. I want to part with everything that's old. I want to be like Israel. When they crossed the Red Sea, there wasn't no going back. It was a new life. We're starting afresh. It's a fresh start. 
So the question is, is have you buried the old man? And first of all, have you been born again? Have you been baptized the first time? The baptism where the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, into Jesus. And so it's clear through Acts, once again, we see the three baptisms mentioned. We see it represented in the Old Testament. We see it being performed in the New Testament of Acts. And you know what, there may be little details that, you know, God may, you know, this is something that God's showing me more and more, but here's the deal. The fact of it is, is it is, and it happens, and it is the desire of the heart of God. Amen? And so the thing of it is, and, and, and the invitation call is this evening at 5 o'clock. Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? I remember when, when uh, you know, we grew up in a Baptist church, and, you know, we baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We didn't, we didn't. We didn't see the three baptisms. And I remember when we got involved with Shady Grove. I've got a, we, had a, we had a first principles class that was 42 weeks long. Oh, once again, Hebrews 6.1. Hebrews 6. You don't think there's more than one baptism? What did, we, what did we say the other day? Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. And go on to maturity. How many of you want to go on to maturity? I want to grow up. You know? Uh, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. And yet I live, you know, not I, but Christ who lives within me, right? We want, God wants us to grow. But we, we need to quit doing things in, with the wrong prescription. How did they do it? They baptized in the name of Jesus. And then people were filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to quit doing the wrong thing and expecting the right results. How did they do it in the Bible? Let's do it the way they did it in the Bible and believe that that's the way it's going to happen to us and see the evidence of God moving in our lives. But therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. All right? So that, that's, that's salvation, repenting, and faith toward God. So for us to be saved, for us to be born again, for us to become Christian, for us to... To, to come alive in the Spirit, we need to repent and believe. And then he says, and instruction about washings. The root word being baptisms. Plural. Not one, but plural. And it says, and the laying on of hands. How did they receive the Holy Spirit? By the laying on of hands. But the laying on of hands has so much to do with laying, praying for people and, and, and the operation of the manifestation of gifts and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. This is all elementary stuff. So here's the deal. Have you buried the old man? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? I remember when, when, when we, I don't, I don't want to say it's a revelation, but when we got it, what the Bible was actually saying, when we quit reading the Bible to prove our denominational faith and we begin to just read the word for what it says, I remember the whole church got baptized in the name of Jesus because most of us had been baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know what? To me, it made a difference. To me, it, it, it made a change. I was talking to Dad about it last night. I mean, Dad, Dad just talks about the work that God did in his life at that time. And at that time, God was doing some mighty things around here. And at that time... I mean, we actually visibly saw the presence of God. His glory cloud came in here. We got it on tape, so you can't call us a liar. But we're not going to put it on YouTube because it's not for us to make money off of. It's for us to remember a point that God showed up in our church. Amen? 
So have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Have you gone under the water to come up? You know, and here's another deal. If you were baptized when you were a baby, great. Your parent had well intentions, but Jesus says that he's the way, the truth, and life. No man come to the Father but by him. You must repent and believe. Baptism is for believers. Baptism is for born-again people to declare their faith in Jesus. Amen? And so, I mean, here's the deal. If you need to be baptized, we're going to be baptizing tonight at 5 o'clock. And then we're going to be eating fried fish, all right? We're going to be having a good time. And, man, it is a wondrous thing to see people go under that water and come up and see people shout and be excited for them. Because we can all, we all, like we have identified with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, we know what these people that we're baptizing are facing at the same moment. Amen? So let's bow our head in prayer this morning. Or William, I'll tell you, won't you come and close us out?